Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Everyone Has a Story. It's the podcast that complements our two quarterly lifestyle magazines, In Noosa Magazine and Hello Sunshine Magazine. Look for the winter issues on the streets of the Sunshine Coast right now. And our team already working on the next issue, the two spring issues, Hello Sunshine and In Noosa Magazine. If you'd like your brand and business to be part of our spring issues, reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, or Instagram. Okay, on with today's episode. Now, you can't help but get swept up in my next guest's enthusiasm when she talks to you. She's a podcaster, coach, and author of the book Radical Self-Belief. She spent a lot of her time helping women, and now she's turning her attention towards helping blokes. This episode is full of cracking one-liners that you're sure to remember and repeat to others. Everyone has a story, and today I'd like you to meet Nikki Fogden-Moore. Mojo maker, quantum coach. Mm. These are pretty cool titles. These are pretty cool words. And, mm. you know, now, and I hadn't heard of them or, or read them, you know, being put together until I, I read a bit of background on you, Nikki. Could you explain what you mean by mojo maker and quantum coaching? And Well, first of all, I'll just highlight that the mojo maker was actually a title my clients gave me because they were like, well, you just, you're just our mojo maker. And it happened over a, a period of time um, that they were like, we just want to bottle up some of your mojo. And I think it became a key catchphrase. And then it just became very much my brand. So whether I was speaking or running the boardroom retreats or working one-on-one with clients, I have an extraordinary amount of energy. But for a long time, I feel like people's energy and enthusiasm was always misguided and mislabeled as flighty or too enthusiastic or too this. And I want to change that stigma around and say that you can be extremely energetic and full of vitality, vision and passion and in all areas of your life and have that intellect. And when we get older and we have more responsibilities in life, when we grow, we manifest our vision and our jobs and our families, the capacity at which we work doesn't get any less. But why do we stop having fun and being totally aligned with that healthy, wealthy, wise aspect? So I guess to me, mojo was something I was coined, the mojo maker, and it just stuck. But the core representation of that is you know, when people say, I've lost my mojo, it's because they've lost their their kick in their step, their vitality, their raison d'etre. And I feel like we all have the absolute birthright to be in complete, um, the best version of ourselves. Sometimes we just don't know what that looks like because we're so busy comparing or surviving or not being good enough. Whereas if you just take a couple of steps to the right and you see what's uniquely possible and you tap into that, that's when you harness your mojo. And and I'm just a walking representation of that. From an intellectual level, I'm always evolving. And from a spiritual, holistic and a physical level, I always joke with Carly that I'm still 12 years old. I mean, I still skateboard around the neighborhood with the kids. Oh, that's your skateboard out the front? <laughs> yeah. Right. So they're like, Nikki, can you come play? And I think that element of play, uh, even if we're playing in our business sense, that element of a sense of joie de vivre and enjoyment is an essential part of our roadmap for success. And it's why we're all here. We just sometimes forget about that. So that's the mojo aspect. And the quantum aspect actually is a little bit more detailed because, um, you know, hard to believe in somewhat, and it took me a long time to stop apologizing for it, but I'm actually working on the basis, and I have been through all my books and modeling on the basis of neuroscience, neuroplasticity, and quantum physics. So what I do is take all that 
um, you know, highly kind of, you know, pie in the sky or intellectual modeling and I create all my IP and I make it very, very palatable and easy to digest to ensure that we're putting the world's best leaders, whether they're in the community, whether it's a dad or a mum or a business owner or someone who's a CEO for 200,000 people company, and making sure that they have the absolute ability to be in the driver's seat to make well-informed decisions. Um, so I've created models around quantum decision-making, so how to be in flow, not force. Um, the level of an intellect that we have that we carry through generationally. And then actually that if you think about quantum physics, it's not linear, anything is possible. It's way too out of my uh, quantum <laughs> physics, but I'm, I'm glad you're, yeah. you're able to kind of define a couple. I guess the next logical question is how did you end up in this position where people come to you, Nikki, and go, help me with this, help me with that? Yeah, that's another great question. So you're just good at all these questions, John. I've asked a couple of questions over 32 years. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say I just hopped into the seat. I think it's been a natural evolution. So since a kid, I've always um, been a person who's helped solve problems or chatted, and I've always had a deep intuitive aspect. I just never spoke about it. And then throughout all my business career uh, in advertising, there'd always be like a sign on the door that said the doctor is in. So people would always just freely chat. I've always had a combination of fast-paced thinking but also a deep empathy for other people I can put myself in other people's shoes so I've been a natural guide and confidant uh, and that's enabled me to create amazing relationships and help people navigate through into remarkable results together but also um, it's a huge responsibility so as I've got older uh, not only have I become more authentic in who I am because I think for a long time we have to release how we should look or whatever and start actually stepping into all our truest potential. But I'm really discerning now how I coach and who I coach because it's a huge responsibility when you start working with someone across all areas of your life. And coaching is not just a buzzword. It's, um, you know, it's a, a unique position that you do, whether it's a corporate or an individual, whether you're a sports coach, a life coach, a business coach, everyone's a coach. You've really got to understand why you're doing it, what and who for, and find that alignment. And then, you know, you can create some remarkable results. So I've probably naturally always been coachable myself because I'm very inquisitive and I don't like limits. By who, can I ask? So you say you, you've always been coachable. Who do you, who do you turn to? Oh, or, or? I think I've been coachable since a kid when I put wooden blocks on the tractor and Dad would do the fencing and I would drive the tractor up. I think I was like four or five years old and I put these... You grew up on a farm? I grew up on a farm. Kiwi? You I'm go, a Kiwi. Yeah. Yep. What kind of farm? A sheep farm. Oh, like of yep. course. Yeah, and my dad was an auctioneer uh, and a real estate agent, and he was a remarkable guy. I just lost him last year, and I was coachable because my dad always said, um, keep learning, and he was always showing me things, demonstrating, educating, instead of preaching, and I think that ability to learn by doing has been something that's kept me um, highly engaged in life and doing all sorts of things, and also I think you've got to be a yes person. Um, why not? Yes. You know, you, you have to go for progress, not perfection. And I'm constantly amazed what our mind and body is capable of. It's like a living project. We can be our own living projects, you know. And so being coachable uh, has helped me become a better coach as well because you need to be able to be willing to lean in and you need to be vulnerable and you need to be able to look like a goof or make mistakes um, and embrace those, those elements as well. And then that's when you really get growth. Talk to me about some of the coaching 
events or coaching exercises or what, what would you call them? Some of, the, some of the, the events that you put on and the people that you target and the kind of people that come to see you asking for help. Yeah, that, uh, well, I feel like I've been blessed to, over the last 20 years, meet, work with, co-create, run retreats with the most amazing humans. And it's from a variety of industries, but the type of person's always the same. So- Can you, can you yeah, dissect that person? That would, person would be someone who's visionary, applies themselves, hardworking, creates the life that they want, always knowing there's something extra, usually feeling overly responsible for other people, um, pretty dynamic. And there's a level of intellect, but also curiosity with them. Whether or not they come because they're just sitting on the side of the road, overwhelmed, burnt out from the level of, I think the hustle, the force, the drive that was the 1960s operating system we've all been provided up until now. Like, um, you know, get off the footy field where you've emptied your tank type thing. And I think that also translated for a lot of people in business and in family relationships, they just are exhausted. But all of those people had great hearts. So everyone that I've worked with, whether it's athletes or CEOs, they've all been quite extraordinary individuals. They've always had a little different perspective than everyone else. They've never been followers. So that is a very unique, um, they've been founders and pioneers and um, you know, visionary or leaders in their field, whether it's a sports field or a boardroom. And I think that's always been really interesting. Would it sound like these people are already super focused or uber focused on on their own goals, whether it be business or sporting? So what do you add to that? What other dimension do you add to their their lives? I think that what I add is I take people out of overwhelm and give them a completely new trajectory to how what sustainable success really is. We only know what we know and usually getting to the point of running a business or having life to the full or everything you want to put goal setting is we can kind of over goal set and it becomes a very functional, overly demanding, exhausting place to sit because is it ever enough? And the more you expand a business, you have more staff, the more responsibility, the bigger your family gets, the bigger responsibility. So what we're doing is we're expanding our capacity without the skills to still really enjoy it and create a state of what I call zero gravity flow. So what I coach is quantum decision making, how to handle being the very best version of leadership in your life, whatever that title is, without the friction, without the hustle, without the force, without the exhaustion, without the overthinking, and to understand that there is another way that we can all co-create and be interdependent instead of comparison and doing things from a structure that is really outdated. We know so much more, we're capable of so much more, we've got so many skills, but a lot of the men I work with, they don't even have garages or tool sheds anymore. We're not passing on generational instincts of building things with our hands and expanding our minds through conversation. We're actually sitting on behind phones and asking Siri, you know? So it's about getting people out of that um, traditional functionality of how they're running at that pace. Can I get your perception or your view as a woman on men culturally say over the last 10 15 years you know i am obviously a woman so um but i feel that we had a much needed shift just like any polarizing topic to have equality and values and respect where there wasn't a pay gap or a gender gap or an intellect gap and all these things that needed to happen where we could have true interdependence so where we had beautiful strong independent 
skilled women, whatever those aspects were. But equally so, we allowed room for men to feel that they had a place at the table as well. So like any transition where we needed to create more space and for women to shine in their own right, um, in order to do that, we had to polarise the fact that I think men didn't know where they stood anymore. So of course there are men and there are situations and we've all gone through them, uh, you know, from both sides of the street that we've got stories that aren't the nicest stories, and we've all got experiences, but my firm belief now is that we have to lead by example and be the change that we want to see and not keep looking back at what's been going wrong over the generations, but actually bring a new um, aspect that in my experience, the significance for men, the ability for to men to just say, I want to contribute, I want to honour the fact that I'd like to co-create, that I would like to be able to support my family, that those traditional values don't need to be eradicated. If that makes someone feel strong and valued in their life, then who are we to say that those things should be eradicated from a new system? So I believe that wonderful individualism builds great relationships whether it's inside a workplace or it's inside a family system that instead of gender we're looking for people to feel whole complete and grounded within themselves and as we've been going through this process of finding the better place for women to thrive and shine finding equality in the workplace finding co-parenting situations there's a time now that I think we need to also give the same amount of effort and education and empowerment to great men that are putting their hand up to say, I want to be the best leader. I need to also navigate my way through not feeling pushed down and unheard and that I can't, do I open the door? Do I not open the door? Do I offer someone a seat? Do I not offer a seat? It's confusing, isn't well, it? Yeah, and I, I feel like we, I feel if we just took a level up from pointing fingers and we created a hold of space for who who and what, whether it's male or female, we actually want everyone to bring their very best selves out in every day and to create relationships that are built on amplification rather than um, divide and conquer. So we've all got these unique skills and I'm gonna give you the soggy puzzle analogy. When I'm on stage, I often say, we're so busy trying to conform and be like everyone else and do the right thing that we end up being soggy pieces of the world puzzle. So a soggy puzzle doesn't hold together. Uh, does it? It doesn't sit there and it doesn't create a rigid platform. So if we actually allow from school and early parenting, whatever our gender, for us to become the strongest, most valuable, authentic person that we are to be, male or female, then we have strong pieces of the puzzle that interdependently link together that there are beautiful skills. I can change a light bulb, build something, backwash the pool. I don't particularly want to do that, to be honest. I like having great men around me that support me in my leadership, that can have practical discussions where we get on with 10% issue, 90% problem solving. So I think there's a place for both genders and I feel like there's time now that we have to create room that there is true equality. And true equality doesn't just mean just equality for women, it means equality for men and it means bringing everyone around the table to contribute and to be equally heard and to um, to play a role in our future for our future generations where we're looking at sustainable leadership and we're shifting from blame, shame, guilt and fear to accountability, curiosity and true co-creation and that is so magical when it happens and we've had glimpses of it but I think if we can as leaders and parents and everything in our environments now start having better conversations about what that looks like 
uh, we're going to have a fantastic momentum. And, you know, it's, I'm not saying bring back the flannel shirt for everybody because um, I like my fishing and my boating and I'm very much a tomboy, but at the same time, I feel like we've all got roles to play in society and great women also lift up their men just the same way. And I think that's really beautiful. Tell me about the room, so to speak, that you're creating for, for men and what you've got planned in terms of coaching and, and, and guiding them along the way. From your perspective, which is also which is a great perspective to come from as a woman to go, okay, well, let's, you know, let's have a discussion about this. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, and I, I just want to acknowledge as well, I mean, I've been on the receiving end of some, you know, in, in not particularly nice um, behaviour, but I never got that till very late in my career and I was strong enough to call it out and to have a process in place and have a voice. So anyone listening to this that perhaps has had not great experiences, you know, whether it's from domestic violence or anything else, the first place is whatever your situation, you must be heard and you and we have to listen. So holding space is listening without judgment and without wanting to finish someone's sentence and tell them how they should feel. So that's the very first thing. And how I hold space for men is men talk side by side, women talk face to face. So all my retreats over the past years have always been around doing things. Um, You know, so we do a lot of quantum decision-making retreats. The boardroom retreat will be its 20th year this year. Uh, It's a signature leadership retreat. I only have eight to 10 people per retreat and I've been running them annually all over the globe uh, it's great to be doing it in Noosa and that's a space where you can have time to actually allow your thoughts to settle to actually reignite with vision and creativity and be around like-minded people where no idea is too big no idea is too crazy and also to talk about the stress that comes with running large organizations or building a family I think men suppress a lot of the concerns and they carry a lot of weight on their shoulders because they don't want to seem like they're complaining um, and they, they internalise a lot of self-doubt, fear and shame. So holding space to get those conversations out and to create a safe place for great leaders to shine is my first priority. And I run the, I used to call it the man break without the handbrake. Um, because I find that just like women, we like to have groups where we're just women because we talk differently then and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, when my dad was going to the Gentleman's Club in Wanganui on a Friday evening, they'd play snooker and chat, and that's where he caught up with his mates. And when he passed away last year, those were the mates that called and offered my mum support. And so I think it's the camaraderie that we need to create, and it's a safety and integrity where those discussions are not about blaming anyone, but men also need to learn that it's okay to be vulnerable and discuss how hard it is to navigate this landscape and that that information is not going to be thrown back at them later. So if we want people to be open and honest and trustworthy and share what they're going through, we have to hold space where they can do that without it being suddenly packaged up and said, well, that's not okay. Um, And then also, there's amazing things that happen when we allow um, vision and, and a space where people can just recharge. Some agendas and some strategic retreats are so intense about listening that you don't get to do anything. So the key part of any of my events is we do the work, either the books or in a retreat or in my strategy days or the new boat boardroom, we do the work. So you'd have to go home and do more work because who has more time? So I find that's really powerful because we do the work in that moment. And it's also about giving people the chance to feel significant inspired and totally reinvigorated and and to have some skills 
you know, we don't tap into a lot of those skills and, and that there's really, we've got to rewrite the rules, not keep saying they don't work. Where, where is your boat boardroom? My boat boardroom, which is... Uh, or is it a it's so virtual kind of place? Well, it's not really. I'm, <laughs> I'm thrilled to, to partner up with SCF Australia. They're actually two young, incredible founders, uh, Benny and, and Dino, if you're listening to this. And um, they got stuck with me because they run an incredible app which helps track fish and for sustainable species for the longevity of our ocean going forward. But they're doing other amazing things as well, like film and production around... Uh, everything to do with ocean and sustainability so and my whole message is sustainable success so we got together because I love fishing and and also they are two uh, dynamic founders they've both run businesses before and they they're running a global business now but they're based here on the Sunshine Coast and then they partnered up with Sea Fox Boats Australia so I said let's take people fishing and at the same time we go out and we talk about sustainability what does that mean we talk about strategies for business we talk about onboarding and offboarding staff what happens when you go through a business partnership and that dissolves and that relationship dissolves what about legacies and wills and contracts and all the the meat on the bones of running a business that people kind of don't really tell you to you're knee deep in it and also um, you know currencies nft crypto what's happening on the world place financially we take all those discussions that normally would happen inside four walls and we take it right out back out the back of the ocean then we have a beautiful cook up with what we've caught and benny's a great chef and we How many of these have you done already, Nikki? Well, I've been running these types of retreats for 10 years, right. but this is the first time I'm collaborating with some local heroes. Um, so I'm really passionate to be proudly based on the coast and running this event. And we've trademarked, I've trademarked it here as a special signature series. And it also what's really cool is not only is it part of my four and five day leadership retreat, the boardroom retreat, but now we're going to be running um, day boat boardroom retreats, which means I can run masterclasses for local male leaders or local leaders, it's not gender specific, who want to come and do the thinking, do the discussions and create an experience, but we're also out in nature, enjoying our backyard, and I just think it's the best wholesome way to learn, and it's just a money can't buy experience as well. And the details on your website? The details are on nickyfogdemore.com. And also we'll be talking about it at the fantastic Legacy Lunch, which I'm so pleased to be partnering with Jack and Jess from Basque Mundi. And Jack got on board and he's created the most incredible bespoke menu um, that is all based around our aspects of primitive, um, you know, hunting, fishing, gathering, creating. And so the Legacy Lunch is leadership, mateship and leadership and legacy. And it's specifically for men, this one. And we'll be talking about all those issues, you know, bringing up sons, uh, legacy, a lot of businesses where you've got your sons and daughters that could take over a business and they've got no interest in it. What do you do then? It happens a lot. <laughs> it happens a lot. Especially in farming too, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got some amazing brands in Australia that have, you know, evolved into incredible businesses where the fallout between families as that transitions is most sad to see because there's no handbook for that. So one of my programs is Life After Awesome. So I work a lot with founders that are selling their businesses and we put a plan in place a trajectory in place for exit strategies we talk about what happens for leading up who's going to transition through the business is it a family transitioning in is it their family managing that process out and having long-term vision um, I love working in that space but also it can bring up a lot of disappointment for many leaders where they felt they've created a family aspect and something with a lot of longevity to it 
And if the people below aren't being led up to follow through with that, then you've got maybe 10 or 20 years of business acumen and goodwill and, and financial stability that could you know, start to crumble. So we want to build long-term sustainable businesses with best practice for our planet, for our place here, for future generations, but also to make sure that just because you've finished at your phase in your career doesn't mean you can't pave the way for someone else to come on, follow through and grow that with equal equilibrium. Nikki Fogden Moore was my guest on today's episode of Everyone Has a Story. Thank you for listening. If uh, there was something in this episode that you thought or th- you're thinking maybe someone else can get something out of it, then by all means, uh, feel free to share the episode about on your social media networks. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple, Stitcher or Spotify, uh, even Wooshka, uh, leave a review, rate the podcast, rate the episode and leave a review. Until next time, take care.